This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that has had an inane grin on its face since 5.50pm yesterday. Now, there are some days when it's a pure joy to watch Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yesterday was one of those days. The collective outburst of joy that greeted the opening goal, scored after a mere 30 seconds, said it all, and it just kept going and going. Smashing the Manx 4-0 would be good enough on any normal day, but to do it on the day when we honoured Matthew Harding and ruined Jose Mourinho's return in the process was the icing on the cake. I have been grinning ever since. And I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is The Chelsea Fancast, Matthew Harding's Blue and White Army. I could think of no more apt title. Exactly. I can think of no more apt title than that. Now, joining me on the show, uh, we missed him last week because I was uh, on holiday and didn't get it organised, but we have the return of the kid. Woo! Yay! It's, it's working for me, bitch. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, you still sound Norman Collier, but you know what? I'm determined not to, 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 to have a go at you after the chat that we had at the CFC UK store when you said that I, I, I let all my frustrations out on you. I'm just going to be Buddha-like if it comes to you. If you go Norman Collier through the entire show, I'm just not going to bat an eye, mate. <laughs> mm, indeed. Now, uh, joining me and Jonathan, we have we have the High Priest of the Podding Shed with us. We have the Mr. Tony Glover. Good evening, one and all. It's a pleasure, mm. an absolute pleasure to be back, especially... After the recent run we've been on. Marvellous. Indeed. And uh, Tony, are you still grinning? Of course. I I haven't stopped. In fact, when I got home last night, I think my my wife uh, may well have mistaken me for Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker. Um, As I walked through that door, it was was plastered on my face from ear to ear. (laughs) Yeah, it's... 
It was wonderful, wasn't it? It was wonderful. And uh, last but by no means least, we've got my absolute favourite uh, Chelsea journalist and a very fine all-round gentleman he is too, Mr Dan Levine. Hello. Marvellous to be here. Mm. Doesn't it make a change when you... When, and what a wonderful day that was. That's why I tell you what, Dan, that's one of the most enjoyable days I've had at the bridge for a long, long time. And, and wasn't it long in coming? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just felt absolutely perfect everything about it seemed to just click in a lovely way beautiful uh now are you still grinning <laughs> totally Good. like a and, cheshire uh, cat marvelous and jonathan are you still grinning uh, i'm always grinning when i'm on this show chitch you know that well there we go as long as you're grinning and not gurning that's the main thing uh Ooh, thankfully it's radio Okay, so let's get on with the show. Uh, on, tonight, on tonight's show, we will be applauding Conte's total football. Um, I may be going a bit over the top there, but why not? And uh, asking, were the players proving a point to Mourinho? And has the 3-4-3 passed its first real test? In part two, uh, we'll be asking whether the horror show against Arsenal can now be seen as a turning point. And in fact, talking of turning, are we turning Italian? And was Jose talking Italian to Conte? A load of old flannel. Uh, in part three, we'll be honouring Matthew Harding and applauding the fine display organised by the club. And we'll also take a look at the League Cup tie against West Ham this Wednesday. Now, in part four, we've got a couple of cracking emails and, of course, our usual roundup. Now, of course, people who are listening in Mixler tonight will not need to hear this bit that I'm about to read. Um, but if you don't listen to us on Mixler Live every Monday at seven o'clock, uh, you bloody well ought to. We've been doing it for years, and as people who are in there will attest, it is great fun, and you can find it at mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in all the chat and post on the live chat page. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea fancast during the show, and I will endeavour to have a look. And uh, just let us know what you think about the games, anything else on Chelsea, um, whether it's working for you or not, anything you like, really. Um, now, um, before I go on to the next bit, I should just like to say we have lots of people in Mixler tonight, including some of the usual suspects, uh, John Chip Chipperton, Paul Burgess, uh, Consufius, which I still can't pronounce, but I know him and love him well, Daniel Francisco, uh, Will Green is in there, uh, Benny the Blue, Rash the Doctor, Mike Ferry, oh, Ramsey's in the house, Jeffrey Asselstein, Loads and loads of mates and friends. So good to have you with us. Uh, I hope it will be a humdinger of a show tonight. Now, uh, before we get going on the actual show itself, I would just like to reiterate my massive, massive, massive thanks to everyone who has voted for us in the Football Blogging Awards preliminary round. And of course, as you should know by now, um, we've made it to the finals yet again. I think it's pretty much every year it's been going. Maybe one where I just couldn't be asked to enter. I don't know, but... It's we're consistent, a bit like Arsene Wenger. We always get into the uh, top four, as it were. Um, but of course, we've won it twice, and we want to make it a hat trick this year. Annoyingly, because I did go on holiday for a few weeks, I'm a bit kind of late to the races in terms of getting the vote out. So uh, I'm a bit concerned that we might be falling behind in the voting for the finals. So uh, what we need you to do is to get out there and vote for us. Um, we also have some very stiff competition this year. I mean, last year we were competing against an Arsenal podcast who, uh, as you know, uh, you know they, they tend to win Twitter polls. So I was a bit alarmed by that. But we just about pet them to the post. This year, I would say the competition is much stiffer because amongst others, we've, we're up against the Anfield Rap, which is a Liverpool podcast. And uh, well, it pains me to say it. They are very, very good. And uh, it's also run quite professionally. I mean, they all do it as their proper job. Don't laugh. 
Um, anyway, so it's imperative that you lot get out the vote. And uh, yes, I thank you, Tony. Anyway, uh, say, get out the you, vote. You could do this as a proper job. Bloody hell. Well, they hey. do. Could, yeah, they, they, they earn money at it. I know, it's frightening. Well, I suppose it beats being on the dole, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, enough before I get, you know, sued or whatever. Um, bottom line is, we need to get, you need, you know, you've got to get out and vote. Uh, and I really want us to try and win a third one. And it'd be wonderful if we could beat the Scousers. So let's all give it a go. Now, it's the final week of voting this week. It all closes on Friday, the 28th of October. All you have to do is you go to uh, footballbloggingawards.co.uk forward slash about forward slash vote hyphen now hyphen football hyphen blogging hyphen awards i mean if you just go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk you can work it out uh and so you can vote on their website and you vote for the chelsea football fancast in the best football podcast category but you can also in addition as well as you can vote on twitter uh by tweeting i am voting in at the fbas for chelsea at chelsea fancast as the best football hashtag podcast Whatever you do, do not ask Dan uh, Silver how to do it, because he always gets that wrong. But he's not here this week, so that's probably okay. Now, as well as us, um, we are the only Chelsea podcast in the finals for the uh, best podcast category, I should hasten to add. But there are two other splendid Chelsea nominees in other categories. We've got Chelsea HQ for best social football account, and the wonderful Leon Carbis, who writes for We Ain't Got No History, and he's up for uh, Best Young Football Blogger. So make sure you vote for them too. And as I said, we're the only Chelsea podcast in the finals. So keep the blue flag flying high and vote, 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 vote for us. It's going to be tough. But wouldn't it be great to beat the Scousers and make it a hat-trick of FBAs for the Chelsea fancast? You know what to do. Come on, you fancast. Something like that. Now, uh, after this very short break and uh, some more kind of remedial drugs for Jonathan, we will be back to talk about Chelsea versus Man United. Okay, so um, I kind of uh, really boldly have entitled this bit of the show Total Football, um, really in some sort of a homage to the wonderful footballing display uh, that I bore witness to yesterday. But um, the first thing that I shall say is uh, I think, you know, in, in, in reflecting on the game, scoring early, I think, absolutely left Jose's usual parking the bus plan in tatter. Do you, do you think that was the case, Dan? I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, uh, it was a, a bright and brilliant start. The thing I think everyone picked up on immediately is how much it reminded everyone of that game in 99, 17 years ago. God, can you remember that far back? Yeah. And Poyet scored after 27 seconds. Yeah. And the whole place was absolutely in uproar. And yeah. it really, really unsettled them then. And it unsettled them yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's really. I'm glad you mentioned that, the 5-0, because I was just begging for another 5-0 and... What I was hoping was that if we did get the fifth, that Jody Morris, who was actually on the bench, of course, because he coaches the youngsters, would have run onto on. the pitch, run onto the that pitch in his wonderful, one of his, yep, one on, in his wonderful camel coat and do the trumpet again. That would have been joyous, wouldn't it? I mean, the other thing, though, Jonathan, I, you know, I got the feeling, and it's really weird because we were talking before we went on air about the the slightly po-faced media response to our wonderful victory, but 
you know, quite frankly, it could and should have been about eight, shouldn't it? Well, but he, he, towards the end, though, didn't he? He, he? he wanted to give everybody a go, didn't he? So he brought um, he, he brought Costa off, didn't he? He brought Batshai on, and he uh, and he brought Chalabar on, and um, so in a sense, he was quite willing to keep it at four because yeah. you wonder whether or not uh, another manager would have um, turned the screw and scored six against them, which would have really been utterly. It was pretty humiliating as it was, but it would have been. But I think I think they could have I think they could have scored eight even with the changes yeah, we, he was doing. I mean, before yeah. he took him off, I mean, we we had another three or four Giltes chances, didn't we? Yeah, we did. There was some very good defending by them uh, on a couple of occasions. There was a very good block um, at the very end of the first half, if you remember, when I thought Costa could have scored. And yeah. um, and uh, Pedro had another chance as well, didn't he? he was yeah. Through. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I thought that, um, as, as uh, Jose mentioned, if, if uh, Ibrahimovic had scored with that header... Um, it, everything might have been slightly different because there was a period just after we scored that they actually played quite about 10 minutes and then we slowly, and then we dominated them completely after that. So it, it wasn't as if we spent the, the whole of the game completely in charge. It was that little, weirdly, a little period after we scored the first goal where everybody was still trying each other out. You know, and it was a Man United fan near me, and he said, "Oh, you know, there's 90 minutes to go. You know, there's, you know, you've scored early, so we've got ages to score again." And uh, and you know, being a for for regardless of how much success we have, I always go slightly into gloom and doom moment and think he's probably right. Yes, probably we won't play very well now. But um, but just after that, then we then we totally dominated. Um, but I wondered, well, I mean, what's happened to the Joe? If he was so keen on seeing what was going wrong, why didn't he substitute earlier? Why didn't he change it around a bit? Well, Mourinho. Said, I think, Mourinho, I think the plan disappeared. His plan, whatever it was going to be, was totally out of the water the, the, the second we scored because um, he didn't know what to do. I, I couldn't. I mean, he was like a rabbit in the headlights. It was a very watching Jose like that. Uh, and not that I felt so. But I. Well, the team that's a really good point. That's a really good, yeah, that's a really good point, Jonathan. I kind of read uh, Mark Mark Worrell's piece in ESPN today, and 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 I mean, paraphrasing it, he was saying that there was a real uh, kind of sense of catharsis watching that, and we've kind of got rid of the ghost. We've laid the ghost of Jose uh, to rest, and actually, <laughs> the reality of it now is that we've moved on. We've got a fantastic new hero in Conte. Okay, he's not won anything yet. I get that, but. Um, at the end of the day, Jose Mourinho is no longer our problem. He's Man United's problem, and fair enough. Good luck with that. Um, Tony, uh, think, what I would... Sorry, I just, sorry just Jonathan. Just ask a question, which, which Tony could answer as well. Do you think that um, uh, the, the players specifically had something to prove as well? Yes. Well, I, I, I'm, I want to get into that um, a bit later. A bit Before later. I get into that, I just yeah, want yeah, to yeah. make a point was, about... Yeah. Um, about uh, Something which I thought was really, really pleasing, Tony, and and and, and I actually thought that uh, the whole—I mean, what was so pleasing was the whole team played at a hundred percent yesterday, from one to eleven. I mean, for give you an example, my usual whipping boy, Pedro, I thought had a fantastic game. You know, Matic, I thought again, his—I mean, I still don't think he's absolutely right back to his best as he was a couple of seasons ago, but. He, you know, every game he seems to be more and more confident and, and improves. Yeah. And even even Thibaut Courtois made about three or four, I thought, yeah. really good saves. I mean, t- Tony, what do you what do you reckon of that, mate? I'm 
with you all the way. Um, it sort of alludes to the point I was making before we actually went on air about the kind of slight negative uh, streak that's running through my timeline of people who are sort of criticising, you know, well, Hazard had a lacklustre game. Um, that's our old friend H who's come out with that one. I'm like, you know, that's bollocks as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I've let him know that as well. Um, and I do think amongst some of our fans, and this, you can quote me on this because I did tweet it as well, um, even after beating... United 4-0, some of them would fall into a bucket of tits and choose to come out sucking their thumb. And uh, <laughs> I actually, I actually, I actually, <laughs> don't make me laugh, Chid, you know what I'm like? But you just made um, me laugh. <laughs> I, I just think I, I get fed up with it. And, and I looked at every player I watched and I was like everybody else. I was a bit stunned at the start. And, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, I urge you to find my tweet, my retweet earlier, which Ken Barkway kindly put up, which was the, the first 30 seconds of the game set to the countdown music. Fantastic. Listen, Courtois had a bit of a beating from time to time this season. At least one of those saves yesterday was pretty much world class. I think it was at the end, the very yeah. last desperation shot from Ibrahimovic, who, let's face it, you know, has a bloody track record against us. Um, and he looked, he, do you know, and I think that emanates back from this defence, this this three at the back, which people were very worried about. Um, it looks so fluid, so flexible. And, it, you know, it's a joy to watch. You know, I know you're going to talk about the sort of total football aspect of it later, but that's as damn close as I've ever seen us play that. Um, yeah. Pedro, I've been critical of him lightweight everything but his speed of thought for that first goal was amazing he he spotted he spotted the smalling blint cavity that was you know there between them and and just ripped them to shreds um and and, and a big up and i tell you i want to i do want to mention this one player particularly because he's he's absolutely renaissance man victor moses yeah. he's a bloody revelation this season and and whether he's trying to prove a point to jose um or not, and I think some of them players were yesterday. I think they they would have been fired up, um, and I, you know I don't believe Conte doesn't do this. I think he probably would have targeted some of them and said, "You've got something to go out and show today." Um, but they were f- fabulous from 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 everybody who who was on the pitch to everybody who came onto the pitch. That was as good a performance as I've seen from a Chelsea side in eighteen months, Chidge. Yeah, mate, I I, I think you're right. I think. You know, because I was trying to think myself, actually, how long is it since I've really seen us play that well? And, and, and I reckon you're, you know, it's always a lot uh, more recent than you think. You know, it's easy to go, oh, God, I've seen him play that well f- for years. But actually, you're right, about 18 months. Dan, I just want to bring you in on that, actually, just to touch on a couple of those points. And in fact, actually, Jonathan raised this point as well as uh, Tony. And in fact, I actually raised this with Kerry Dixon in the in the preview show that we do on Fridays about whether several other players would have a point to prove. Um and I just wonder, judging by some of the displays that I saw, uh, particularly from Cahill, Matic and Moses, it, it certainly looked like it to me. I mean, do you think there's any uh, any truth in that, Dan, from what you saw? Yeah, I think there definitely is. I think that the way that there's an awful lot of blood that's still to be let, I think, over um, Jose's departure. And, and when people write their books in 10 years or 15 years time, we might hear a little bit more about it. Um, but th- th- there seems to certainly be um, uh, a a will to to prove that these players who who so badly failed last season can 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 do far far better and we saw that in in bucket loads yesterday um it, it was notable the reactions from some cahill's reaction to his goal now that was not just um a reaction to 
Mourinho, it's quite clearly also a reaction to some of the crowd who've been coating more for a little bit recently. Um, but um, you know, the, the passion and the desire and and just the the the, the real will to, to get that result yesterday was brilliant, and it's something that hasn't been in that Chelsea side for a little while. It's mm, a really good point, isn't it? And I, 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 I can't understand why Cahill gets the grief he does. He's a lovely, lovely lad, and he, you know, he might not get it right all the time, but he, he gives a hundred percent. And frankly, that's the minimum requirement. If you do that, I don't care how many times you norse it up, Jonathan. Uh, I'd love to bring you in on really what Tony was saying about the, the the performance itself, and if if you know, is it one of the best ones you've seen for a long time? Uh, probably since uh, Swansea eighteen months ago. Was that about eighteen mm. months ago when we won? What was it, 5 0 away at, uh, at Swansea? And, that's very, um, that's, yeah. and Gary Monk said he told Jose that, that, uh, that his team weren't up for it, and that was humiliating. Because <laughs> there was an aspect of, uh, of humiliation about United um, being beaten 4 0. Um, uh, uh, all they were left with in the end was uh, the, their crowd was calling us rent boys, um, which I always think is a good default situation to get into because it means we're playing well. And, did, um, did you and did, did you wave did, did you wave a fifty pound note at them when they said that? Uh, um, if only I had a fifty pound note, but my my my, uh, my manservant has the money. He has the wallet. So okay. uh, he I, normally I, has a few stashed away, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He yeah, he he wanted to wave uh, a wad uh, at a few people, but incidentally, the the reason that um, that nobody mentioned with uh, Conte getting the crowd to uh, to applaud at the end that caused that final ruction with Mourinho was because United fans had just started singing, had been singing for 10 minutes, one of their chants, which was actually was so irritating, was much louder than any of the other Chelsea fans. And Conte was getting pissed off with it. And yeah. that was why he went yeah, I know. around I want to do later. That. Hold, hold your powder on that. But I tell you what I will say about that, though, Jonathan, you're dead yeah. right. And I mean, I noticed it and, and there was a bit of a lull uh, for us, I think ju- really because we were just so emotionally exhausted by because I think the atmosphere generally was absolutely spot on. It was really loud yesterday and really consistent, but there was, was a lull. It was, and of course, it, it lulled then. Well, I think I think because people were kind of awe was going on. I felt that we, we were all going. Wow, yeah, totally right, we, mate. We didn't yeah. feel needed actually to be screaming anything. You know, we just thought, well, we're we're winning this easily. This is so, this I know. Is so great. Well, it was like that. But I mean, the, the other thing I would add is that, you know, I mean, you know, you've been away. I've been away. We've all gone away. And, and when you're away and if you're a good, you know, and let's be fair, Man United have always had a pretty decent away following. And, you know, when you're getting thumped 4-0, there is nothing better than just making as much noise as you can to wind up the opposition. And I think they did that very well. And they were banging on the, uh, the, the stands as well to make extra noise. But I would add here, personally... Um, only uh, that was only from a small minority of the two thirds of them that were remaining, because the other third had buggered off true. after the fourth went off. in. That's true, they had. Yeah, yeah. You're right, to, be, you're right. to be fair, it's it's a long, long way back to Weybridge, isn't it? <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> no, you, well, but... I think I think the pertinent point is Dan. Of course, is that because they only live around the corner, they realised they had to steal a march on us all leaving, because obviously they wouldn't be able to get on the tubes back to uh, you know. Uh, oh. Wherever yeah. they come from in Surrey, you know. But there you go. Listen, just to kind of wrap this up, um, you know, last last uh, week we talked on the show a fair bit actually about. Uh, I mean, Marco in particular, I think, was saying that it's all very good applauding this th- wonderful, you know, three four three system, which seems to give us much more balance and width, and allows you know more freedom for Hazard, and it allows him to link up with Costa, etc., etc., etc. But you know, we'd only really beaten Hull and Leicester, so. 
you know, United was going to be quite a test. I mean, I, I put this to you first, Dan. You know, I would say that we passed that test pretty well yesterday. Um, I would say so. You know, that's a fairly open goal to knock in, really, isn't it? Um, I, I think beating beating United 4-0 is, is, is fairly straightforward. Uh, there was an awful lot of talk that we played some very, very average sides in, in the last few weeks. And, and you know, notwithstanding the fact that Leicester are champions, they did look poor. Hold before mm. that looked exceedingly poor. Um, and uh, now, you know, everyone said, well, you know, this will be the first real test. Um, and passed with flying colours, frankly. Mm. You know, well done, Max. Yeah. Quite right. Tony, would you, would you say we passed the test? Yeah, I, I think absolutely 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, we all sort of knew in the, in the, in the gap between um, uh, Goose and Conti coming in, if you like, that, that he, he, he's a, he doesn't have a set game plan, does he, Conti? He's always been famous for, you know, mm. three at the back and chopping and changing things around. And, you know, yesterday, and I'm going to say this out loud because I, I love Jose Mourinho, OK? Mm. Um, I've got a yeah, lot of respect. Me too. And I th- and I think we treated him with respect yesterday. Um, yeah. Most of us wouldn't have seen the stupid little bit of churlishness at the end of the game. But yesterday, and I want to say this, he, he, not only was that churlish, it was a bit disingenuous of him to say to Conte, you don't do that, you know, after some of his antics before. But I, I, I'll tell you what I saw yesterday. I saw a team further down the transition road that haven't spent the money, right, where he's <clears> taken <throat> his time to look at all the existing players. Okay. He's got a lovely problem here. Because I can't see where JT or uh, and some of them other players are going to get or back Ivanovic, in here. Ivanovic, either. Ivanovic, yeah. And I can't see where it's going to happen unless the Rangers and it's a, it's a necessity as opposed because now he's also blooded some of the youngsters properly and given them some proper game time to you know, to bring Chalabar on against Manchester United. And I will not have people telling me that Manchester United were poor yesterday. It's Manchester fucking United, okay? Let's big our team up for once and say we made them look poor. Because we came mm. out of the blocks quick. That three-four-three yesterday, that whole formation, that flexibility, and I'm going to say it. Jose stood on the touchline watching this, and I, I hate to say this, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but he looked like yesterday's man, and I'm going to yeah. describe him as looking like Alice in Wengerland. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen <laughs> no those plan. comparisons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there was nothing yeah. else there. This is a man that first time round would would haul a player off after 20 minutes and change things around. That's what, I, that's what I said earlier, that I didn't understand why he doesn't do that. I thought he was going to mm. substitute some of them to tactically deal with it. He didn't seem yeah. to do anything to deal with the 3-4-3. The three, three. What, lo- what I love about it is the fact you, you've got the extra winger because you've got Moses playing wing, uh, wing back. You've actually got more speedy players than you'd normally have. And Alonso, who, who still, I still think is a work in progress, is, but is very quick and athletic. So, uh, um, you know, it looks to me, you've got you've got four opportunities for the ball being uh, particularly for the counter t- for the counter attack, the ball being whisked down the other other end at great speed. And then you've got Hazard um, uh, in a roaming role, which which he doesn't wasn't hasn't normally been doing the last few seasons because he's almost been the designated wing back um, mm. in, in the way that that Mourinho had had um, Rashford yeah. playing uh, playing left back for most of the game. Yeah, which, very much it, so. Very strange. Mm. All right, guys, listen, we've got to go to a break. But uh, before we do, I have uh, an announcement of massive import because the good people of Copper 90, uh, for those of you who don't know, they're a a really big football YouTube channel. Uh, They are looking to interview a group of around 10 Chelsea fans uh, to get your views on what it means to be a Chelsea fan. 
and the culture of supporting Chelsea therein. Uh, the only catch, which I'm afraid rules every single person on the panel tonight out, is that you need to be under 25. And, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Oi, oi, hold on. I know, it's true. I know, I, know, I know you're only 26, Tony, but the rule is yeah. 25. No, I mean, the, the, the main point is that they want to get to younger supporters for, for a very specific reason. Um, so if there's anybody, and I, know, and I know we've got quite a lot of youngsters that listen to the show as well as old gits like us. So uh, I'm hoping that they will hear this. I'm hoping that they'll hear it soon because uh, what they want you to do, if you're interested, of course, is to get in touch uh, by tweeting them at copper, C-O-P-A 90-H-Q, and add the hashtag, uh, hashtag Chelsea fan voice. And then they want to set up a meeting in central London within this week. Uh, and the idea is that they will uh, want to meet in a pub. So that means that they'll be buying the beers, which is all good. Free beer is always a good thing. And they'll also be giving away some Chelsea gear. So get on it, the youth. Now, after the break, uh, we'll be asking whether the horror show against Arsenal can now be seen as a turning point. Are we turning Italian? And was Jose talking Italian to Conte a load of old flannel? We will see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I'm joined uh, this week by the lovely Tony Glover. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. The wonderful Jonathan Kidd. It's uh, it's working very well for me. Thanks, Chidge. I'm delighted to hear it. And uh, the erudite and all-round fine chap that is Dan Levine. Good evening. So there you go. Now, um, before we get into more chat about the United game, uh, I need to alert you lovely people who are listening on Mixler and who listen to this podcast that we recorded our second Kerry Dixon Chelsea Fancast preview show, uh, previewing the United game last week. Um, And I hope that a lot of you are aware of this and are downloading it. It's very important that as many people who listen to this podcast listen to the one with Kerry um because it's nice to try and give something back to Kerry so uh get on it people uh, and don't dally because I know it comes out on a Friday which doesn't leave you a lot of time to listen to it but it's the kind of thing it's only half an hour so it's kind of bite-sized compared to this uh and it's specifically just on the the game that's coming up at the weekend and Kerry's thoughts on that and I commend it to you now we will be doing our third show this week to preview the Southampton game so check that out it'll be available uh this Friday afternoon kind of three-ish I expect so make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud so get on that uh, and while we're at it if you haven't already um, please go and buy Kerry's wonderful wonderful book uh, up front my biography um, it's available from Amazon for around uh, 15 quid as, as memory serves I mean there's a lot of people who turned up meeting meeting him at the stall this weekend who were who were buying yes, copies of him me it was fabulous it was a real hero and i don't know if you saw it when i remember i sort of said i'm just going to go and try and get a selfie with him now yeah yeah i was shaking like a leaf how the hell that photograph came out as good as it did i have no idea 
Well, yeah, there you go. but it was, I was absolutely, I felt I was in the, in, in, the, in the presence of greatness, mate. Well, there you go. Have you listened to the podcast I do with him yet? Yes, of course, yes. And you, I think, what do you, you think? Know, yeah, he's, well, it just comes across, doesn't he? I, he do you know, if I, if, I was, if I didn't know who it was, I'd, he's got, because he's, he sounds to me like Ron Harris. He's got that kind of, hello, mate, how you doing sort of voice or whatever. Um, but he just, you know, he comes across, I mean, you know, when you think of everything, and we sp- spoke about it, didn't we? Um, so everything he's sort of been through, um, he, he, he now, see, I don't know, you can't, I don't want to use the phrase, learn his lesson, but he just seems to have... Um, you know, making a genuine effort to to keep himself straight now, and I do hope the club, you know, get him get him something that he, you know, some ambassadorial work or 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 pre match, you know, corporate work or something. It'd be fabulous to to honour what I think is you know one of our greatest greatest players, lovely bloke. Yeah, I mean, he really is. He, he, I love him to pieces, and I mean, you know, why why wouldn't you? But uh, I, I, professionally, you know, working with him. Is is just great fun, and he he's very generous with his time, and he, and he's and he's wonderfully humble, and and I love doing this show, and I want to carry on doing it, and frankly, I'm paying him to do it, so you know it uh, it dip, you know it, me being able to continue it uh, very much depends upon uh, people listening to it, so you need to listen, people. Now we should get on with this show, uh, so as not to confuse the two, um, and the first thing I really want to talk about is um, the the kind of the wonder really of. Uh, the fact that uh, I have a suspicion that the major turning point, if we kind of reflect on it and look back on it, was getting absolutely stuffed 3-0 by Arsenal, uh, which seemed to be the nadir, not just of this season, but actually many a bloody season, if I think about it. Um, do you think there's much uh, veracity in that comment, Dan? Yeah, I, I think it was, um, in a lot of ways, it was a literal turning point because, of course, at half-time in that game, that's when Conte decided stop the flow of this and go three at the back. And, and since that precise moment, we've not let a goal in. Um, so it was, it was certainly a literal turning point. And, and to sort of the, from, from there on, of course, the second half of that game we drew, um, from there on, all of the, um, the, 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 um, the, the good things have started coming out of the squad. He's been quite open about it. He's, it's quite interesting. He said that basically there wasn't much of a pre-season and what he had to do over the first few weeks is sit down and learn about his squad um, and learn about the best way to get the best things out of them. Well, I think we're seeing that now, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we'd be saying it, you know, I said it a lot in, in the various press I was talking to last week. He all wanted to talk about bloody Jose. So whenever they did, I tried to turn it around to Conte. But... You know, I kind of made that point that uh, what what I really like about this chap is the fact that he he came in and and didn't get all dogmatic about you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you got. He kind of actually gave them the benefit of the doubt, and he and he actually played you know the system that was that was played last year and the same personnel, and he's managed to change it round. Um, I think without any kind of fuss, nonsense, or drama, I get the sense that it's been a quite quite a quiet revolution, Dan. Uh, which, if if that's the case, I think he's absolutely to be commended for that. Yeah, it's it seems to be that way. Now it, it remains to be seen how that bears up over coming weeks and months. When, if for example, Cesc Fabregas remains a Chelsea player and remains not getting games, if well he was he wasn't even on the bench yesterday, was he? Well, he he was injured. Um, ah, uh, okay. The, Damn. Uh, if if <laughs> if for example, um, John Terry continues not getting games. Um, and of course, with Kurt Zuma coming back, he's he's playing for the uh, development side tonight in his first game back. 
Um, if, if he's going to come back into the first team, then somebody else is going to have to miss out. <laughs> so, so there are... Dan, what on earth was that? That, <laughs> that was me is sneezing. In... <clears throat> Dan, is Branner injured? Yes, he is, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the structure of the team at the moment. I, I can't see how... Branner and JT would get into this setup actually, but in, in, when he would, when he was um, managing Juventus, he he tended to play this system, but he would also change it around a lot, wouldn't he, uh, Conti? That's what I, I remember reading. Yeah, he's he's definitely Mister Versatile, isn't he? He he, he yeah. doesn't have a prescribed system. He, he he what he keeps on saying is rather than the formation, the interplay is what it's all about, and I think we saw a lot of that against United. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the other things that I'm really uh, well, I'm I'm looking on with a, with a measure of encouragement, Tony, and you know one of the things that's that's that's, that's occurred to me is that actually what what he has done since he's uh, changed things round is he's instilled some much needed confidence into a lot of players who who have been bereft of confidence for way too long. Matic is the ob- obvious one that springs to mind, and I just wonder if a lot of that's to do with the fact that. You know what we're dealing with here is a, is is a guy who has been a very successful uh, an elite player, and there's a sense to me that the the players have a you know a much easier buy-in and respect for that. And he you know he's a he's a player's manager in a sense. I mean, do you think there's a, a bit of truth in that? I think there's a load of truth in that. I, I genuinely do. You, you've got uh, if you look at the three arguably most successful managers that have been in the Premiership, which is Ferguson, as I recall, never. A world beater, Wenger certainly not, and Mourinho certainly not. All good managers and all, you know, whether. But this guy, um, he he has something about him. He's, you know, you say he's restored the players' confidence, and that's a good job he's done it. And I'm glad he's, he's you know, it's a slow process because um, the fans seem to think that, and a lot of fans, you talk to them in the club, they seem to think a manager should walk in and be like Billy Graham. You know, stand in front of them and inspire them. You know, in, or Martin Luther King like. You know, and say, get out there and do it. And it doesn't happen like that. Whatever happened in the club last season, um, deeply damaged. And, and coaches, managers. I, I prefer calling them managers. People like Conte. I like to see managers by the side of the pitch wearing smart suits. And he has that aura. But they, it's their job to go in and restore the confidence. And they're going to take whatever time it needs to get them players back. Okay. Bit by bit, you cannot, whatever happened last season, you cannot just go in, wave a magic wand and say, you're all fantastic players, because that's just patronising bollocks, isn't it? Let's face it. Um, <laughs> but you, it is, isn't it? You can't, you, yeah, if you've worked in yeah. any business, you cannot. And I'll tell you now, I'm, we, we, I, I'm working in a team that's been through something similar where there has been a very disruptive senior influence, yeah? And he's gone, and suddenly everyone's, everyone's demeanour's up a little bit. Now, some of those people will take time to bounce back, to get their confidence back. And I think that ex-player, that kind of connection, this is a, a bloke who's not only done it as a player, he's done it as a manager at that level. He exudes calmness, even if he's running up and down. And he was he was tearing the nuts off some players, even when we were 4-0 up yesterday, right? But he exudes, you look at him, he absolutely walked away from what could have been a bit of a spat at the end of the game. Bollocks, he turns around, walks back to go and celebrate with the fans and the players. Yeah. And I, I, I think the players get that. I think nowadays the modern player reacts less to an aloof kind of character than they do to somebody who's, you know, been there, seen it, done it. And we, always, we know there has to be a captain and crew mentality at times in there. 
but in any modern business now, it's more about collaboration. It's much more about collaboration than it is about, you know, that rather 50s-ish kind of captain and crew, I'm the boss, call me boss kind of thing. I think things are changing, and I think he's a prime example of a, a kind of younger breed of coach are coming through um, with a greater understanding of the modern-day player. There you go. Wow, that was a, that was a huge, huge stuff, Tony, huge. Um, but I agree with all of it, actually, quite quite fundamentally. I mean, the other thing I was going to say, actually, if we talk about this confidence thing, I mean, I, you know, I, I, obviously it was me who raised the point, so obviously I think that he has instilled a lot of confidence in them. But I think the other thing which shouldn't go unnoticed is actually how, how massive beating United so comprehensively should do in terms of the players' confidence in Conte and the system, Jonathan, which I think going forward... May, we we will hopefully see the the dividends from that. Well, it, it's it's um, it's bound to instill confidence, but they have to maintain it, don't they? They have, we've got to beat the Hammers on Wednesday, and uh, and then we've got to do well against Southampton. Um, and uh, I, I'm I, I'm not convinced. It's it's uh, for me. It's I said like I said earlier. It's still a work in progress, and I think we mm. mustn't get too carried away with the fact that right. This is the first um, proper team that we've beaten. Um, because Leicester were weak because they were playing in the Champions League and he was concentrating more on that and Hull aren't very good. But um, uh, I, I, he's, he, for me, he's moving in the right direction and I think it's wonderful. And everything that Tony was saying about um, his uh, approach on the touchline is that all fans really do love an enthusiastic manager. I remember being utterly pissed off by Villas Boas crouching and just looking like some kind of professor all the time. Um, you 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 love it, and he, but he, as you say, he's got uh, Tony. He's got that. Um, he's got all the positive things because he was a top player, and so he's almost kicking every ball. And I personally completely love it. And what mm. I love as well is his charm when he's interviewed. He's also charming and interesting. Mm. You know, and good luck to him, the fact that he's he's learnt English so quickly. But I just don't think we should get carried away. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And I, I'm. I, I mean, Dan would know more about this. Uh, I, I still think that. Um, they'll still purchase a couple of players at Christmas because I still think he wants to make it a little bit more Italian. I think he wants uh, um, slightly a, a slightly harder player in midfield. And I think we may end up being disappointed that some of the players who are doing well at the moment may ultimately not figure. I think we mm. should be prepared for Zuma not figuring. I mean, there's always this bit... What I find ridiculous is that whenever the team isn't playing well, a player who's injured, who... who wasn't he was doing okay when he played before he was injured it's held up as some kind of great hope that somehow when he comes back in everything will be fine we we don't know whether he'll fit in we don't know whether he's going to be fit enough it's been a it's been a a, a terrible injury um and he, it may it may not work for him so i shouldn't think we should get our hopes up what i'm finding fascinating the fact that um, he's, uh, as you say, he's been working with these players for um, for not not a long period, and he appears to be getting something to work. The big thing that, that getting something you know, happening with them. The big thing that the club wanted, I think, where well, the club were reluctant to buy players was a they were too expensive, but also because they felt that the team was still this team that had won the league, and uh, and they wanted to try and keep with that team. Um, because they felt that they could still do it, and he, he may be right. It may be that they all managed to to come back to the same level of performance that they had before when they won the league. But mm. I, Jonathan, I should, 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 we, should we ask still... Dan what he thinks about that? Because I, I think well, you make make a really good point there, actually. And I think particularly the one that 
you know, he, he may want to make it more Italian. He may want to get somebody more rugged in midfield. We may actually see some of the players that we're warming to now be surplus to requirements. And, I, and, I, and the minute I heard you say that, it, it piqued my interest. And I, I thought, hmm, I wonder if there might be some truth in that. Okay. I mean, Dan, have you got, yeah, have you got yeah. any light to shed on that? Well, I think um, Jonathan's right. There are, there are a couple of obvious holes in, in, in that Conte side where you think that he could fill them. You need a Bonucci-type player in defence. And, and you, you look at Chelsea's defence at the moment, and it's obviously done OK the last few games, but there's no Bonucci in there. You need a Pirlo-type player in midfield. And again, you look at the midfield and you've got um, N'Golo Kante. He's doing amazing things, but you know, he's not that player. Uh, you need somebody next to him. Um, and, and I think there might be sort of a, 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 an attempt to get someone like that. Now, of course, it won't be Pirlo and it won't be Bonucci. But but you can bet your bottom dollar there's a good chance that they're going to have some sort of Italian influence, whoever whoever he looks to, because that's his, his frame of reference. That's where he knows people. So, yeah, I, I would expect that there, there will be buyers in January. Mm. And I think actually the other the other thing that, that I, if if that's the case, and let's hope that it is, but we we know from recent uh, recent times the board can be a bit uh, you know wading through treacle in terms of getting business done. And I think the fact that that, that he's turned you know apparently turned things round and you know come up with this new system and beat Man United four 0 all of these things, Tony will will help his cause. One hopes. I've no doubt, um, and I think possibly. I read. A, I can't remember where I read the article. Now it might have been. It might be Martin Samuel or someone like that. Um, but it was a kind of uh, the whole ethos of the article was that Chelsea realised that you know something needed to change, um, and that there's a sort of new governance model being built for the club. Um, you know, from within, realising that the, you know it basically been like you said, wading through treacle on various things, um, and that Conti was at the very hub of these changes. You yes. know, so you, you you know, I, I and you look at him, and and I think he's he's he has got that. It's it's, it's a sort of smouldering, brooding uh, look that he gives the camera or whatever. But he seems to be that kind of much more intelligent. And I think he's basically, I, I think he's played his cards right from the beginning to say, don't expect a Premier League this season. But what I will do is I will do this, and he has presented almost one of these poxy 90-day plans that I hear about at work all the time to say, this is what I'm going to aim to do. And the club have bought into it, maybe just for once, instead of that bollocks project stuff that we got from AVB. Um, and then Jose, you know, sort of floundering on the rocks of, of, of whatever went wrong last season. This guy's gone in with a clear plan and said, look, you know, players will get their chance and then we can we can kind of weed out not the weak, um, the ones who possibly have got, no longer got a part to play. We need to look at succession planning and various things like who we can bring in. You know, you've got this fantastic academy whereby still the only player that's come through it is pretty much John Terry. And yet you've got these fabulous players out there. Um, and it's, it is encouraging. And I think he's doing it in a different way. I think it goes back to um, this collaboration thing, Chidge. There doesn't appear to be any enmity in between... Conte and the rest of the governance around the club, Marina, uh, Roman, Buck, or any of them. Yeah, I think you know in the pre in the press recently they were saying that the um, he was going to be fired and that the and the bookies had suspended betting on it because they thought he was going to be because Abramovich. Uh, once again, Dan, I think you would know more about this than I would, but I, because because Abramovich visited Cobham three times in the week, that was the rumor that I heard, and the and the press. I interpreted that as being that he was going to be sacked. And I think the reality was that he was visiting him because he wants Conti to take the club forward. 
and he's willing to um, to go with exactly what he wants. So I think it was a vote of confidence. I know they'd lost to Arsenal, but I, uh, um, I, th- I think and, and it was a, a dreadful loss, as we know. But I think he was he is very keen for him to be um, uh, absolutely at the at the, the uh, you know at the helm for some time to come. And uh, and it was a vote of confidence rather than it being the opposite. I, I, that's what I felt anyway. Go on, Dan. Sorry. Well, if, if I can stick up for the fourth estate uh, at this point in time, it wasn't really the press who was saying that. Um, the, the whole uh, context was sacked. It was the bookies, yeah. And, and, and one bookie in particular, I should say, one particularly unscrupulous bookie. Who, name um, and shame, Dan. Seemed, name and shame. Uh, well, you know, um, the, an, an Irish bookie, should we say. Um, one with a very green theme. <laughs> Oh, well done. Are they a bunch um, of paddies? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would. You could use those words. I wouldn't. I wouldn't myself. Yeah. But um, I don't I, think uh, they're very powerful. That's powerful, all I was going to say. Powerful, yeah, powerful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but but what they certainly what they did was basically they they, they saw a, the, the, the fluidity in the the manager market is tiny. It's tiny. You can you can lump fifty quid on a manager to be the next manager to go, and it skews the entire market. And, and they will know this and they ran with it and they basically ran a social media campaign to try and attract more money on that by saying we've had a fairly big, 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 big uh, bet on this. And of course, that's what happens. You know, you say yeah. on Twitter, we've got money going on this. People bet on it. What then happened? And this really shouldn't have happened. And this is where I, I lose a little bit of patience with some of my colleagues. People ran that as a news story. That ain't yeah. news. Yeah, of course, absolutely yes. spot on. Damn. Yeah. When, well, wonderfully so. put, mate. Um, listen, chaps, I, I just kind of want to... We might not get time to talk about the Jose and the Conte spat, and if we don't, I really don't give a shit. Uh, what I'd much rather talk about is this, because uh, <clears throat> it's amazing, isn't it, this season? You know, we, we, I don't know how many shows we've done so far, but we're, we're already, I don't know, maybe a, almost getting on for a third of the way into the season, possibly. But, you know, I've not actually looked at the league table once since the league uh, started this year. Which is really unusual. Normally, I, I I know and I'm interested and I keep. I just haven't even bothered to look. And then I looked at the table last night when I got in, and I noticed that we are now fourth on 19 points, uh, and basically one point off the leaders, Man City. I mean, basically, you know, we're one point off the top. And I just thought, bloody hell, how did that happen? That's kind yeah, of can, not wasn't on my radar at all. So I mean, number so one, you could. Sorry, Sorry Tony, go on. A, you could, yeah, you could throw a blanket over the top five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredibly tight at the top. Um, and, and and it just made me think, bloody hell. And, you know, dare we dream, Dan? Dare we dream that we might do something this year? I think we can certainly dream that we can finish top four. Um, I, I don't think... Um, I think dreaming any more than that is just a little bit of um, fantasy off the back of what's been a, a brilliant weekend for the club. Um, but I, I, you know, I really can't see that anything more than that is possible. But top four is, is a certain, it's a definite aspiration. It's an aspiration of Conti, of the club. And I think it's a realistic one. Yeah. Jonathan, what do you, what do you reckon? Are you dreaming? Um, uh, I'm dreaming in sort of spurts. You know, I'm... I'm um... That's, a, that's <laughs> enough sight. of that, Jonathan. No dirty <laughs> dreams, please. <laughs> Yeah, I've got you know I've got my hands tied behind my back at the same time with my fingers <laughs> That's crossed. That's called a rigsby, um, by the way. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm sort of seeing this season as a as a um, uh, as experimental, and uh, but as long as other teams keep losing points, um, uh, I think it's it's sort of panning out a bit like last year. So if we sneaked up and won it, uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised. At the same time, my expectations aren't enormous. Um, 
because uh, I was a bit dented by last season. I found last season so dreadful that I'm yeah. sort of slightly into, you know, 25 years ago recovery mode. You sort of you 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 deal with the season as it comes. You know, you think, yeah, I can I'll lurch from game to game. And if we lose, I'll try not to be too upset. Um, and you get into a kind of um, last season. I, because we've talked about it before. I felt it felt as if it was. Uh, it was like 1974 all over again, 75, where, you know, we didn't win anything. So I'm a bit later, 78. So uh, you just expected they'd be, they'd be dire every week. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, each each excellent performance, I go, yeah, yeah, that, this is this is better. But if we then lost next week, I wouldn't be upset. I'd deal with it somehow. I'd be crying within, but I'd deal with it. But no, I, I'm... I'm I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if we finished second or even first. But at the same time, if we finished fifth, I would accept it because uh, it's uh, it's it's a, a season where he's he's working out what he wants. And as long as they put in good performances and we can see we can see progress and the players that we thought have played well before start playing well, I'm I'm uh, I start playing well again. I'm um, I know I shall be happy. So, you know, basically we are, and we need to remember that we are still a side in transition. But Tony, I mean, what, what do you reckon? Are you, are you dreaming, Tony? Um, I, I'm more, I think, with Dan. I think with fourth is, it would be would be quite remarkable because, you know, it's six places above and after last season. I, I'm, I'm taking the Winston Wolf out of Pulp Fiction stand um, where there's a very famous bit, and I'm sorry for this, in the mixer club, but there's a bit where he says they're all back slapping. They've cleaned up the blood and everything like that. And he says, well, you know, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet, chaps. I have that in me and I'm thinking, do you know what? Um, I, 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 a bit mixed with both. I mean, we talked about this actually uh, in the pub with Ken and um, Martin Wickham and that, that, you know, I, I don't say it, it doesn't ruin my weekend as much. Um, when we do lose, maybe that is just an adjustment from last season, or maybe it's a, a mellowing as I get older. Um, as, as JK just said, it, you kind of learn to deal with it. Um, maybe a bit more calmly, you might be crying inside. This is, you said last week, Chidge, um, and just to prove I listened, you said this could, this is going to be a two steps forward, one step back season. Mm. Okay. And I think that's as good as we should be expecting. I think that's, if you're managing your expectations, and I, I understand for youngsters, it's a bit harder, um, but that would be my maxim. You know, if you, when you're in transition, some things are going to work sparklingly like they did yesterday and versus Leicester, but we will come up against a pretty dogged Everton side at the next home game. With well, well, not to mention and, Southampton away next week, which will be tough. And, and, and that as well. Bournemouth, you know, look Bournemouth are looking really excellent, aren't they? Exactly, and I just think you know, it, 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 you know, there's a fag paper between a lot of these players in terms of ability and all this. What what pushes the team forward usually is is the mental strength, the confidence, and and everything like that. We're now on a small start of a winning streak, three three games, zero goals conceded. Um, there was a brilliant stat put up on Match of Day last night. I can't remember what it was, but it looked bloody phenomenal in terms of of, of the you know the last few games. Um, and, and there is a thing that confidence breeds confidence. I'm going to stick my neck out and say, I think third, best mm. for us, third. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I mean, that's encouraging. I, the, the one thing I would say that, that I think we need to, you know, remember um, is that I think and actually this is the thing that pleases me most in a way, because I've, I've been, been watching 
the the wank fest about City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Liverpool with my, with uh, with my usual grin. Um, but I think good. Keep going, chaps. You keep bigging those lot up because we're only either equal points or one point behind them, and that means that we're we're going totally under the radar. Nobody is mentioning it. Everybody's loving all the others, but they're ignoring us. Even after the four nil smashing of United. Um, so I like the fact that the spotlight's off us a bit this year, and I think that will play to our advantage. I also think that the fact that we've got no Champions League football or no European distraction this year will play to our advantage. So I think like Jonathan, actually, I, 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 I'm now very confident that we'll be in the top four, but I wouldn't be surprised if we sneaked it. I really wouldn't. And the other reason why I say that is that I think once Conte gets on a roll... You know, his team's become really hard to beat. If you if you look at what he did at Juventus, once he got, got things figured out there, they, they pretty much went an entire season unbeaten, didn't they, Dan? Yeah, but um, the, the Italian league is a slightly different prospect. Yeah, yeah, I uh, accept that. Especially, especially if you happen to be Juventus, you know. Um, uh, I think there's a lot, an awful lot more competition in the Premier League. Um, I think... Uh, we, some, I think it was, I'm uh, just looking at Mixler, I think uh, Debs is saying anything can happen, look at Leicester last season. And yeah. th- th- there is an argument for that, but at the same time, last season was this uh, bizarre outlier of a year where so many top clubs just completely missed the bullet. You know, they, they all completely missed what they should be doing. Now, all those clubs are, are in a bit of a state of flux at the moment. You've got... Um, United with a new manager. You've got City with a new manager. You've got Arsenal, who may have a new manager next season. Who knows? Um, you've got Liverpool with a new manager who's only got one season under his belt. And you've got Chelsea with a new manager. So, you know, things are a little bit... You, you would expect things to be a bit more calmer. Chidge, uh- JK! In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A a little bit uh, more ordered than they were last year. The the, the standard orders to be restored a bit, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near as wacky as last season was. 
Mm, good stuff. All right, we've got to go to a quick break. But afterwards, we will be honouring Matthew Harding and applauding the fine display organised by the club. And we'll also take a look at the League Cup tie against West Ham on Wednesday. See you in a second. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I am Stanford Cheege, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast Part Three. Uh, as Ian Jury probably once said, yeah, reasons to be cheerful. I should. We've already done a show called Reasons to be Cheerful, so that I couldn't do that again. But actually, if there was ever a reason to be cheerful, it's beating the Manx 4-0. And I can validate that fact by saying that I've got three very happy chappies with me this, this evening, and they are Tony Glover. Good evening. I would, I would are... use the song Happy Talk, Captain Sensible. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. that happy, yeah, I like that a yeah. lot. Uh, Jonathan Kidd, who's a happy chappy. <laughs> Yep, and uh, Dan Levine, who, whilst probably being the more serious amongst us, is also very, very happy. Uh, Part three, yeah, definitely. Definitely, there we go. Right, now, in part three, the first thing I want to do is, uh, well, actually, the first thing we we really have to do is to absolutely, uh, completely and utterly applaud, uh, actually, the club for a change. I mean, a lot of people think that the... uh, you know the big display that we uh, we we witnessed in the Matthew Harding lower on Saturday just before kickoff was the work of a lot of the people who all put the flags up and you know there are there are many of them who do that and we are the shed group of course who do it for the shed but I I have to say that it's the the clubs uh, you know absolutely decided to do this and paid for that banner and also you know moving the other banners and just having the you know Matthew Harding is one of our own and all of that kind of stuff so they they need to be hugely applauded for that i have to say also that the people who are involved with the flags like we are the shed and the other guys who do them in the Matthew Harding and obviously communicated to the club what would be appropriate so i think you can kind of call it a joint effort but it was definitely financed by roman and the club and i i i say a it was an absolutely superb gesture and B, it looked absolutely impressive. Didn't you, I mean, who, I'm wondering who has the best view of this, really. Jonathan and Dan are actually fairly close to each other. Tony, are you in the shed? No, I'm in the Matthew Harding Upper. I'm not far from you, mate. So, oh, uh, right, OK, you're still around yeah, the corner yeah. from me, then. Yes, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, and I had, yeah. You and I had the worst view in many respects, then. But, uh, uh, I, we think we possibly did, but it's still, I mean, you know, I go with you on that one. I mean... Um, again, it was a, it's a small point of discussion. In, in actually, it might well have been at the at the CFC stout st- stall about my my rather strident views of Ken Bates and you know sharing a lift with him once. And um, you know, it's the kind of thing that would not have happened had he remained in charge. Um, and I think one thing that we we kind of miss out is that you get criticisms of governance of the club, um, you know, and the club losing touch with the, what the fans really want. And then. Roman goes and does something like that. You know, I know he's reintroduced a lot of the ex-players into sort of corporate ambassador roles and that sort of stuff, um, uh, which is absolutely right. That's you know that that's the whole ethos behind the word club, in my view. Um, mm. So it's lovely to see that. You see, um, you know, I I'm pretty sure that you're we, you're going to cover it off in a minute. What you know, what does he mean to the club and to you, Matthew Harding? Um, so I won't venture into that. But you know, yes, I think um, instead of brickbats, the club deserve roses. Yeah, no, totally right. Yeah, I thought... Jonathan, you, I, I think we've decided that you and Dan had the best view of it. So what, what, what did you think of it, mate? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. 
brilliantly done. As Tony was saying, I think it's uh, they've got their finger on the pulse. I think slowly but surely the club are sort of get, beginning to get it right, actually, mm. um, even though they may not have got uh, transfer policy right. But you know, we, we, we do so much guessing of what's going on all the time. Yeah. And uh, because the season was so dreadful last year, we were so critical of them. But... You know, I think the ultimately the the going forward the the view the club have of how they want to make the club, you know, that one of the best the best clubs in the world um, can only can only lead to better relations with the supporters. They're not going to leave supporters behind. I know this is what the the trust is for, um, but I, I'm I'm uh, I'm convinced it will just get better and better. I think especially with the with the the building of the new stadium, which I think can only make. Um, the status of the club uh, get bigger and bigger personally. But yeah, and no, I thought it was brilliantly done and um, uh, a superb flag and uh, a great gesture bringing the, bringing his children on the pitch. I thought it was, was superb. Yeah. I, I think all round it was, it was a lovely, lovely, you know, honoring of, of Matthew's memory, which is absolutely what it should be about. I love your point, John, uh, Jonathan, about, uh, I, I think you're right. I think there is a sense that they are actually, you know, they, they've not had a very good track record about this, to be fair, in the not that distant past, about not really listening to the supporters, not really taking on board what we have to say. But I think, number one, I think the trust is certainly helping with that process and we're beginning to get our views across. But uh, I think they're also listening to a wider spectrum than just the trust. And, I mean, you know, R- Richard and the We Are The Shed group do a fantastic job and there's really good dialogue between the club and... You know, I think they're making less kind of ricks than they used to in those terms, and I, I think, think in a sense, what please. Sorry to interrupt you, Tish. I think they're very. They are eager to please. I think they want to get it right. I think the yeah. I, I think there may have been a period where they were just happy with. I mean, obviously, success on the pitch is what's important, but I think they <laughs> they realise that the, the fans. They're realising more and more that the fans are are are, are, are what drives the, are the lifeblood of the of the club. And, yeah. uh, and I, I went to a, a fans forum meeting yesterday, which was um, very impressive. And uh, um, I, I got the impression that they're they're, they're just so keen on uh, on any as much input as they can get. I, I was rather taken aback by that, actually. Um, mm. So there was no obstruction at all to anything that was being suggested and offered. Mm. Um, That's good. So it was it was very positive. So Dan, uh, you know, I, I think you know. First of all, from a, from a supporter's perspective, I'd love to hear what you thought about the display and how we honoured Matthew Harding. But I'd also like like to hear your perspective from a media point of view. And, and the reason I ask you that is, I, I mean, Dom Firefield particularly um, sent a, a very lovely tweet, and he he noted how impressive the whole display and the honouring of Matthew was, and also recognised that it was the club, in fact, who instigated it. You know, under uh, after dialogue with the supporters, really. Yeah, I, I think it was very impressive as, as a supporter. And all the supporters I've, I've spoken to have said exactly the same thing. If you look at the, 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 the weight of opinion on Twitter and if you, you look at the way people were talking about it in the pub afterwards, everybody thought it had been really handled very, very well. And that, that's a positive thing because, as, as everyone said, they've not always done it particularly well in the past. So credit there. Um, just one other sort of strand I want to bring up that Jonathan briefly touched on. I had the briefest of chats with Joel Harding before um, he went onto the pitch at halftime. And, of course... In 1996, as a as a young uh, as a young boy, a small boy, he lost his father, as was the case with with mm-hmm. Luke and Hannah, his siblings. Um, and now he's, he's he's a big boy because he's a lot bigger than I am. Um, <laughs> but um, he was um, obviously very very pleased to be there. He was obviously very pleased about the way the club was handling it. And I thought the Harding family carried themselves very very well. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. the whole thing was a success all round. 
Yeah, here, here, mate. Well said, actually, and uh, well, well done for pointing that out. Um, you know, I, what, what did you think of the media's reaction to it all? Um, I think um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you know, th- this this family of Chelsea is is very much a personal thing, isn't it? We get yeah. it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody sat at a subs bench in Fleet Street metaphorically does um you know they understand that that this is important to us and i think it was all treated with respect i don't know whether everyone got how important it was to us but i think you know it was carried off very well and i just say one other thing just on the club's own media i really really loved what they did with the program uh, yesterday where it was a a retro program with a 20 20 year old feel to it and it just looked brilliant i wondered i was talking to someone was saying what happened to all those bizarre, clunky Commodore fonts that used to exist in publishing <laughs> 20 years ago that have been locked up in a cupboard ever since? Great yeah, to see them out good again. Good point. Good point. Did you see? I don't know if you saw the tickets as well, Dan, but they actually yes. had, uh, yeah, they, they had a tribute to Matthew Harding on the tickets, which I thought was an exceptionally nice touch. Yeah. And, and, and but if you want any indication of how long they've been thinking about this, there's a regular thing in the programme every week which looks at this week in the season 96 97. And suddenly, yesterday, it became clear why they've been doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Um, Jonathan, I think we should move uh, really on to, you know, what, what we think Matthew Harding, you know, me- meant or means to the club and, and to you personally, really. Um, I, I have to say, I found that particular period sh- shrouded in, uh, um, in mystery. Um <laughs> Uh, how 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 Chelsea? <laughs> yes, indeed, how Chelsea? Because there were lots of people talking in favour of Matthew Harding at the time, and other people saying, "No, no, he, he he did it purely as a means of trying to grab control of the club, and that was why um, Bates threw him out in the end." Um, so uh, I, I, I've never come up with a with a uh, with, with a proper picture of what his role was, um, um, other than a benefactor. Um, <laughs> Uh, but many people seem to embrace him as a possible new chairman at the time, mm. as if there was going to be a coup, which was um, clearly affected by the by the uh, the helicopter crash. So uh, um, uh, once once again, I look for clarity here because I'm I'm I've ne- we've never been never had it cleared up. I, I know I'm, I I've always viewed him as a um, as, as a benefactor, but I was soundly put in my place by somebody. Um, a few weeks ago, who said, "No, no, no." He was a uh, he was attempting to uh, to oust the reins from Ken, who discovered this fact um, that his loans weren't uh, that his the money what that he'd given, which, which was thought to be a gift, were actually loans, and um, and he was looking for control, and he was trying to get his own clique of people in to take the club over, um, and that was why there was such bad feeling between the two. So uh, I, I would suggest that, that you know more about it than I do, particularly Dan, because I'm, well, I, I, I'm afraid... I'd be interested to hear what Dan the... says, actually, because as you're right, I think, you know, I, I forgot, I knew a little bit about that, but I have to say time has kind of made me forget a little bit of it. Dan, Dan any clarity on that? Uh, but on on uh, Matthew Harding's original intent on going into the club? Well, I, mean, or... I, I don't think we can ever really know what his intent well, really, was, no. but I mean, if you, if you remember those times, and I mean, you know, I mean, I, I remember that... Uh, you know, a lot of the supporters actually kind of, you know, well, the thing about Bates, of course, is that he's Marmite. You know, half of us hated him, half of us loved him, but but nearly 100% of us didn't really trust him, to be fair. So I think when, when Matthew Harding came along, um, I think there was a real sense that, oh, 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 you know, this is great. It's a proper fan who wants to, to have more control over the club. So I think actually generally it was, it was treated quite warmly. But of course, Jonathan's right. You know, at the end of the day, Matthew was a businessman. 
And, uh, you know, he, he was investing his money in the club. And I would imagine, like most people who do that, he wanted some return. Although I will accept that with Matthew, because he was such a huge fan, it was also quite altruistic. And at the time, we really needed the money. And I think furthermore, I think Matthew's involvement in terms of investing that money gave the club the impetus it needed. And, 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 and I think, you know, most of us would, would, would reflect on that and say that, you know, that was really the start of Chelsea beginning to you know, really start yeah. to compete again, Dan. Lots of money yeah. for the stand. Was, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let, Dan, let Dan answer, Jonathan. I'm just um, saying he gave the money for the stand. The stand was actually his, that's what, that was the Matthew yeah. Harding's. Yeah, I know. Yes. Sorry, yeah, carry on. Yeah. Um, but, but remember when he put his money in, he put in £26.5 million, which in 1994 was an outrageous amount of money. Now, yeah. uh, as I said in the piece in the week, it wouldn't buy you a, a fullback. Then it, it made Chelsea a rich club. Um, but then if you fast forward less than 10 years... Um, you look at what we now know about the state of the finances of Chelsea Football Club, where we were practically uh, bust. You know, yeah. the club had 60, 80 million pounds worth of debts. In the context of that, if you now know the amount of money he had he, when he died, um, he had about 170 million pounds to his name. What could have been, you know? Um, oh. I mean, he could have yeah. been Abramovich before Abramovich. Yeah. Now, of course, that would have only worked for that period of time. The, the, the the, the scale and the scope of cash in football has just gone completely stratospheric since. But had he, had he, you know, of course survived, had you know, who knows what could have happened? Mm. We might never have had an Abramovich takeover if he'd still in, in charge. Might have been a completely different. Uh, it was circumstances. Going to jump in here because there was a lot at the time. Um, Private Eye regularly featured Chelsea in there. Okay, um, and the ongoing spat between Ken Bates and Matthew Hardin, and about Ken Bates's um, secret, uh, I, I guess, um, holding company, Swan Investments, based in you know I think it's in Trinidad or somewhere like that, um, and the fact that Ken Bates flatly refused, okay, to name the other investors in Swan Investments. Matthew Harding's view was he would not put more money into the club until he knew who he was in with. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also secretive and shady. And I think, you know, we, when you read it, Private Eye at the time were publishing stuff. You know, Ken Bates never libel, never took them to court for libel. And I always think that says quite a lot because, yeah. you know, Private Eye have a massive tech fund for this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so there was always something very shady about it. And I believe that the uh, the kind of apocryphal thing uh, story was was that Bates said, you know, if you, if, if you love the club so much, put your money where your mouth is. And he said, I will when you tell me who else I'm putting it in with. Because yeah. obviously, you know, if you don't, would you invest in something? Someone come up and you said, give me 20 million quid, Chidge, um, but I'm not going to yeah, tell no you Yeah, no problem. Other Tony, I'll wire it to you now, mate. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it's that kind of point. None of us with an ounce of common sense, would say, yeah, I'm going to hand over a, yeah. a, a, a wheelbarrow load of cash when you won't tell me who the other people are. Yeah. Can so, I, I mean, I just, re, re, you know, sorry, so go I on, Tony. It, sorry. It, it, was, it was a sort of shrouded in mystery uh, kind of thing. I think there was probably more to it. I, I, I You know, you, 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 you've got the next bit on there, which is what did he mean to you? I, I, was, I remember vividly, almost one of them days when I remember when Peter Osgood died. Um, you know, you remember exactly where you were. Um, and I, I hadn't been working um, for, for, for Vodafone for long at that point. Um, and we 
the internet was very much in its infancy, but we had the internet at work. Okay, so you know you could go and log on and look at these www dot sites or whatever. And I just remember walking up the stairs, just been out for a fag, came back, and a Man United fan, good friend of mine, came down the stairs and said, "Fucking hell, Tony!" He said, "I'm so terrible news about your boy." And I was thinking, "What the fuck has happened here?" You know, or whatever. And I said, "What? What? What?" He said, "Your boy, you know, the, the man at the club, He's, whatever." He, he was the one in the in the helicopter crash because it had only been um, discussed on the news that morning that it was a helicopter crash, a kind of generic, you know, someone a football match had a helicopter or whatever, you know. It was after um, the Bolton game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, uh, but they they hadn't announced who the kind of the occupants of the helicopter were at the time, and I just remember it was it, it was that same impact when Peter Osgood died. It was like a kind of crushing, bloody hell. It could only happen to us. You know, uh, and at a time when, for me, Matthew Harding, famed for sitting in the Imperial Arms, having a pint of Guinness, uh, a businessman who maybe was letting his heart rule his head in some ways when it comes to sort of putting money into the club, um, but who had a, seemed to have a genuine affinity with the fans. And, and for people like me who never really liked the whole Ken Bates, and I respect what Ken Bates did for the club. Matthew Harding was that kind of small beacon of light, as I think Jonathan described in this beacon of light, that you thought may well have the possibility of wresting control from Bates and, and, and making us a club that people wouldn't laugh at anymore. Because, you know, you know, we're sacker manager when you finish second in the league or whatever it was, and the, the kind of revolving door that Ken had on the manager's desk uh, office. Um, and it really, yeah, I, I, I just remember being gutted, crushed, Crust was how I felt. You know, it was mm. like, fuck me. Here we had a chance of going somewhere and we're still saddled with this bloke who's done his bit for the club, but who, for me, I had always thought of Bates as an embarrassment rather yeah. than a saviour. And, and that's going to be controversial. I know people are no, going to say... No, no, no. It's, it's, it's your own opinion. Yeah. It's your own opinion, mate. You're absolutely entitled to it and it's heartfelt. And I think that's really important. I, 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 I you know, I agree and share with you that, that, that thing that, that when, when I heard the news, I was absolutely devastated and gutted because, you know, I, I had the feeling that with Matthew's involvement in the club, that we were on the cusp of something. And I just thought in that moment it had all been eroded. So that was my, my first feeling. Obviously, you know, one feels terribly sad and, and almost distraught for him and his family of course because it's a real human tragedy and that, that goes way beyond what it means to us in terms of what he could give us for the club and I think we shouldn't forget that and I think Dan made that point very articulately a minute ago um, but no less than Andy Silverman who's made a beautiful point in here and I think I'm going to close this discussion about uh, Matthew Harding uh, with this which is lovely He's, Andy says I drank a few times with Matthew in the Imperial Chelsea match shirt over his suit Guinness in hand and singing every word of every chant. He was simply one of us. And I do think that that's a very pertinent point and a lovely one to end that bit of the show with. Um, we've got a few minutes. Uh, well, I've got a couple of things I've got to read out. But uh, very, very quickly, we should talk about the uh, the West Ham game. Um, first of all, Dan, um, there's quite a lot of... Uh, there's quite a lot of concern about what may or may not happen at this West Ham away game. There's 5,200 of us going there and West Ham have had an unbelievably shocking security issue since they've moved to the London Stadium. Uh, or so I should say West Ham London, of course. Um, are those fears grounded, do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think they definitely are. Um, nobody really knows what's going to happen. This is not a football stadium they're playing their games at. It's an Olympic stadium. Um you still have a situation there where the Met Police um, are in a standoff where they say they can't 
go in and physically police games because there's no uh, radio coil in there and it doesn't work properly. Uh, apparently they will. They found a way to, to do it for this particular game. I think a lot of people are very, very worried about what might mm. happen. Uh, the flows of fans are very, very difficult. We've seen, if you've been on social media, you will have seen fans of opposition clubs being ferried into the UA end through home areas. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, forget the stadium itself. It's a long, long way through that Olympic Park from the stadium to all the public transport that serves it. Mm. Um, I think it's it's going to be a challenging night for all concerned in running that game on Wednesday night. Mm. Well, I've it, been it is a worry, but Jonathan, go on. Sorry, mate. Warned off. I was told um, a mate of mine, West Ham fan, told me not to go. Really? Why? What did he say? He said that they're all prepared for it. He said they're all prepared to try and... Who are all prepared for it? Uh, the, the, the Hammers fans, the, 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 the hard-nut Hammers fans are... Uh, deliberately going to target the, uh, the Chelsea fans and it's so easily done you just walk around you know there, there's no there's no uh, part because it's an Olympic Stadium it's it's like it's a large hangar you can just um, uh, walk around to where the Chelsea yeah. fans will be they'll have to be sectioned off but he said it's there are uh, a large number of West Ham fans probably without tickets who are uh, looking forward to um, confronting the Chelsea fans it's He's bent, bent on trouble basically yeah and he, he, he warned me to be very careful um, you think yeah. this shit had gone from the game, really, wouldn't you? Maybe but people would have grown up West, a little bit by now. West Ham are very specific, aren't they? There, are, there was trouble at the first game of the season. There were coins being thrown all the time from the West Ham fans at the uh, in the in the home game. Um, there, then, then I think a lots lots of them are very keen on this. Has been has been manifested by the um, uh, the trouble within the ground itself. Um, think that their traditions are being uh, overrun by. Um, you know, middle-class uh, prawn sandwich brigade fans, and uh, um, and they're out to prove a point. Well, um, if that is either that or go back to the 1950s, then isn't it? I mean, you know, that's the game these days, like it or not. But indeed, you know, indeed. standing on standing on corners in crowds, you know, waiting to kick the shit out of people who just want to go to a game of football, is you know, uh, it's just you know, that makes my blood boil. That does. Mm. Uh, I mean, Debs is is in Mixler tonight, and of course, Debs is quite heavily. I mean, Debs was, would have been at the uh, the meeting that the Supporters Trust had with the police, because there have been meetings with the police, you know, trying to establish how one can avoid anything kicking off. And uh, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but she's put up on Mixler. The police know this and have said there will be a proportionate response. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Debs, but uh, have the police not decided that they are going to have a presence inside, which they don't normally do for a plethora of reasons at the London Stadium? I'm sure she'll qualify that for me in a minute. Uh, yes, well, look, uh, let's, I, at I number can one... That, sorry, sorry, Dan, go on. I, I can confirm that, Chidge, that, 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 that basically they found a way to do it for this particular game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's important. I mean, what I would say also is that Dan Silver, uh, beloved of this podcast, he's on most weeks, um, he's going to be there as in, in an official supporters' trust capacity. So he's going to be having an overview um, uh, of, of the of the turnstiles, of which I, I already can tell you there aren't enough that are going to be open, so much like it was at Arsenal a couple of years ago. But he's going to have a watching brief to make sure that everything's working as it should be and report back if it's not. And he's promised me that he will be wearing a high-visibility jacket. So all is well. Um, anyway, more seriously, um, if if you are any of you lot out there who listen to the show are going, sadly I can't make it because I'm, I'm stranded down in Winchester as it's midweek. Um, but if you are going, try and stay safe and obviously enjoy the game. 
Uh, we should have a very, very quick uh, chat about the game too. Um, I'm going to ask you first, Dan, do you think he'll stick to the same side or will there be changes? Um, I think there might be one or two changes. Um, I think West Ham, there'll be a lot of changes. Uh, and I think, um, you know, he, he might anticipate that he can maybe play a little bit fast and loose with some of his selections. Um, but I don't think there'll be a whole, whole scale changes. I think this is a competition Conte wants to win. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, West Ham should be there for the taking. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Tony, very briefly. Sorry, yes. I think he will make changes. I think he knows that um, priority one is the Premier League and he'll want to preserve some of those players, I think. And um, let's face it, West Ham are pretty shocking at the moment. So why not give um, one or two youngsters and, and maybe give JT a run out, I think, you know, mm. just to get himself back in the game. I, I, yeah, as much as, I mean, the League Cup has been kind to us over the years, but um, I would rather we were concentrating on a decent Premiership and an FA Cup. That's long overdue, yeah. that one. Yeah. That's my personal jo- view. OK, mate, would, brilliant. Jonathan? I'd be surprised if he makes changes because I think he wants to maintain the momentum. Um, so I think the team will be pretty similar. And I think he might give uh, Chaloba a go. Um, or Chaloba. How do you pronounce his name? Chaloba. Chaloba, Loba. Loba. Um, but yeah, no, I think he would be foolish to uh, to make changes uh, because we're not playing as many games as everybody else, and I think you should take advantage of the fact that the uh, the team played so well at the weekend. All right, brilliant stuff. Well, I, I hope you know that, that we're talking about the game uh, next Monday, not any you know massive outbreak of aggro wherever it's originating from. Um, I also think that there may be changes myself, although I kind of agree with you guys. I'd like to see a little bit of. Uh, continuity and hope that we can carry on the momentum that we've started. I've got. I've just, I'm just. I'm hesitating and pausing because Debs has actually put up a message on Mixler that says uh, she's been advised by Amanda Jacks from the FSF that no police inside the stadium as such, but close enough to attend should the need arise. But there has been mixed messages on this, so we shall see. So I, I hope that clarifies things for you too, Dan. Um. Well. I've heard a slightly different version of that, I've got to say. So I think there's yeah. a number of different versions going around. Mixed messages, as, as Debs uh, says, I think. Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully, as I said, look, you know, bottom line is it's a game of football. Let's hope it stays that way and there's no aggro. Um, okay, uh, I've got a few things to, to read out, the usual kind of things. I've moved it into this part, so bear with me, people, while I drone on with this. But hopefully some interesting news for you. First of all, I have to say uh, a shout-out to the wonderful Kevin Pink, uh, who is also known as at the CFC Nutter on Twitter, and a fine lad he is too. And he says um, he's been buzzing for the podcast tonight. He he also said that Conte has every right to try and make the crowd make some noise. The real fans can't get tickets. Costa coffee drinking mugs don't do zip, which I think is the closest we've got to uh, kind of validating Conte's behaviour, which of course I thought was perfectly acceptable. And Jose, thinking he was being humiliated by that, needs to look at himself in the mirror. Um, anyway, enough of that. Uh, we were talking about the trust, actually, in this part, of course, and, and our involvement with talking to the police. Um, and I have to say, we had an absolutely excellent uh, special general meeting after the United game at the Atlas pub. Uh, we did broadcast it live. I don't know if anybody managed to catch it who's listening tonight. Uh, we will, of course, be releasing the podcast version this week. Uh, and I think well worth a listen because we tidied up a bit of business, but all, even more so because after the meeting, there was an absolutely superb Q&A with special guest Kerry Dixon uh, 
and as I said, we'll be putting that up as a podcast too. But uh, massive thanks to Kerry for that. He was on he was on scintillating form. He was on great great form. He looked well as well, which is good. Uh, now, of course, you can join the trust and uh, get your voice heard by the club. Five pounds to become a voting member. Uh, and sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard and you can follow them on Twitter at Trust. And on that point, one of the main things from the SGM was the fact that uh, Celia uh, presented the key findings in summary form of the member survey from this year and I hope and believe that we will be releasing the full survey to our members uh, this week so uh, hopefully by the end of the week that'll be with you now uh talking of kerry kerry was also at the cfc uk stall um at about one o'clock and tony talked about it earlier because he had a picture taken with him as did i and was i chuffed so to do um but he was signing copy of his of, of his book and uh was on again great form and sold all the books took loads of photographs of people all fantastic stuff now um Talking of CFC UK, the latest uh, edition, which has got Matthew Harding's picture on the front, is out now, and it features such literary luminaries as Tim Rolls, Kelvin Barker, Clayton Beerman, Walter Otten, Mark Worrell, and even me. Um, now, for those of you who don't know where the CFC UK stall is, it's opposite Fulham Broadway, so go and get yourself a copy at the next match. DJ will no doubt have some copies uh with him uh, for West Ham. If you can't get it there, or if you don't live in the manor, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone is interested in getting a CFC, uh, an actual hard copy as opposed to a digital one, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. And lastly, before we go to a break, uh, CPO, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share. Uh, in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and, of course, whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing at fo- uh, football at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, and to find out how to buy a share for around 100 quid, email info at chelseapitchowners.com and check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And, of course, follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Now, after the break, uh, it'll be some more emails from you lovely people. See you in a second. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I can share with you that uh, during our little break, uh, we've been discussing stuff that I cannot reveal on air. Ever, it was that grim, and I blame Tony. Wearing a, t- it, was, it, was a it was a health health it was a health slot, wasn't it? It was a bit of a health, health slot. Safety. It was indeed. Um, anyway, as you probably really or you should know by now, we're in part bloody four for God's sake. But we've got the wonderful Tony Glover of uh, pod, uh, the Podding Shed fame with us tonight. Hello, Tony. Hello, Dave. It's Chigi. It's been it's been a joy, a pleasure. Yeah, always is having and you I on, mate. Say thank you. So I do want to say thank you because had it not been for you and for this, plus your uh, kind plugging of the podding shed, I would never have met in person yesterday. And I know you think I'm going to say Kerry Dixon, but I would never have met Jonathan Kidd in person. Wow. Shook his hand warmly. 
uh, and had a lovely conversation with him. So I, you know, I, I owe you, I owe you at least a beer or two, Chidge. Oh, well, really? You met go. him? What's he like? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I try and avoid you, Jonathan. Actually, in, in, in all seriousness, it was. What, I, I, I have to say, sorry, bear with us, Dan. I, this is a bit, uh, you know, up our own ass. I know, but. I have to say that when I when I arrived at the CFC UK store yesterday, it was astonishing because I saw Tony, Dan, and Jonathan there, and it was almost like an impromptu podcast. It all, was all indeed. three of them being there. It was. It was bizarre. Yeah, I suggest I suggested we should have recorded the conversation and put yes, it out. Is I know. Better than better than this nonsense, really, isn't it? Anyway, you were as looking, you're looking so good, Chid. Chid was wearing his little black bomber jacket. Everybody, I was. Oh wow, I was. Harrington, My Harrington. Was Harrington. Yeah. Come Chelsea on, Agro. Chelsea yeah. Agro. Chelsea Agro. Chelsea yeah. Agro. Yeah, and I had a new with, with a new haircut too. You, know, you did. You have a haircut. Good. Really suits yeah. you, and the and the jeans and the enormous the the uh, the knee high bobber boots, Chid, were amazing. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're only eighteen hold, Jonathan, and and they aren't. Oh, and they are. Oh, I didn't realize. No, actually, actually, they're, they're... I actually was wearing my ten I DMs yesterday, black Villa City. Yes, I oh, was. How about that, proudly, yeah, yeah. Well, well hidden, okay. hidden under your flares, weren't they? In, enough, <laughs> enough. It. <laughs> it's just this is so up our ass. It's not true. And uh, you've got Jonathan and Tony, and I think you figured that out uh, that out already. But uh, of course, we've got somebody who's a wise, erudite, who writes brilliantly and passionately about Chelsea, and is a great mate of mine. And he is Dan Levine. And who also wears his ten eye DMs to the game. Ah, well, there you go. See, I thought you had DMs like mine, Dan. Actually, those kind of trendy slip-on boots that we—they're the same as mine. You've got, isn't it? No, no, I've got, they're, they're made. They're, they're a sort of uh, tan leather. They're a nice, nice, nice pair, actually. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, this is not a fashion show. This is, in fact, the Chelsea Fancast, and we are supposed to talk about football, and occasionally we do. Um, I've got but... Timberlands. Have you? I, I, I always have a picture of you in kickers, Jonathan. You're the kickers generation, really, aren't you? Anyway, enough. No more about shoes. Shut up talking about shoes. Uh, right, we've got the FanDuel plug, as always. Uh, and for those of you who do not know, FanDuel is a one-day fantasy football game. Uh, and you select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures, so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch, and win money if you're good enough all in the space of a day, or over a weekend, actually, as a lot of the competitions run for the entire Premier League fixtures. Uh, you could play for free, or you could put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. Now, FanDuel was designed by football fans like us, and is powered by Optostats. It's about uh, it's about kind of much more than the goals and the assists and the clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications, and you get 100 million quid to spend. Not real money, virtual money. Uh, so get on it. But first of all, how did we do last weekend? I have to be honest and say I didn't manage to put a team out last week because I was so busy with so many other stuff. But I think Jonathan did. I did. And I finished 1,239th. Out of? <laughs> 1,240. Oh, OK. Not quite last then, JK. No, not quite, not quite. But I had a really shit team looking at it. But uh, I got 121.5 points. Foster, Cedric Suarez, Otamendi, Dan, Blind, who was dreadful, of course, Kante, I'm surprised because he did well, Hazard, he did well, Milner, um, Son Huing Min, Bojan, a great, my great two strikers, Bojan and Wickham. Perhaps it's probably I deserve to only get. Is that, is that Martin Wickham? Yeah, it might as well have been. <laughs> yes, it might well have been, yeah. So I only got 121 points, which was absolute shit. shit. Yeah. yeah well, I have to be honest, actually. I mean, that the, the, you, me, and Dan have have been, I think, regularly since we started playing. Is 
amongst the I mean certainly the worst out of our little group and we we regularly feature near the bottom end of the of the FanDuel uh, entrance league don't we guys I, I have to be honest and say that Dan I've not won a single um, um Pound. Yeah, oh, Dan no. Levine does it as well, don't you, Dan? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I do. I, I, I managed to beat you this week because I came 1,120th. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. We are all. But I, I did that. I did that all the while by continuing my new rule, which is every week I must include Papi Gilabodji. Yeah. He's the only, yeah. the only player in my team who got zero points. He was oh on, the God. on the sub, yeah, sub bench, play. wasn't he? <laughs> Okay, well, look, listen, trust me, you, you know, Dan, Jonathan and myself are fairly unique in this. The others have all done very well. Ross, Dan Silver and uh, Marco. and Marco, of course, do very, very well. And they, they've actually won, you know, money quite consistently. So don't let our shit performance put you off. Now, this week's competition, and I actually, by the way, I should thank Paul Burgess because he emailed me a screenshot of, of how he was doing on Saturday and he looked to be doing quite well. I think he was 18th in that uh, at that point. I don't know how it panned out for Paul, but anyway, this week's competition is the £5,000 fa- uh, fan favourite. Uh, the first prize is 750 quid. Uh, it starts uh, Saturday, 29th of October at 12.30pm. There are 1,176 entries available, and it is £5 to enter. Now, remember, when you sign up to the game, if it's your first time, use the promo code CHELSEAFAN, and you'll get special offers, such as refunding your entry free if you don't win cash in your first contest. So, you know, it's well worth getting involved. Now, you must be 18 or over to enter and based in the UK. Please play responsibly as if you wouldn't you're all very responsible people you listen to the chelsea fan cast what more can i say okay how can you well sorry mate how can you play unresponsibly irresponsibly how can you i think like you me and dan really because just by being so crap and picking pappy dillibodgy that would probably count (laughs) taking the piss slightly i suppose yeah possibly jonathan i've got two fantastic emails i must just preface the first one before you read it out uh, because I must say, uh, this is from Paul Robinson, and Paul uh, came and said hello whilst I was at the uh, at the CFC UK stall and said, Chidge, Chidge, I sent an email in and you didn't read it out. And I said, didn't, didn't I? I said, that's unusual. He said, it was just before you went on holiday. I said, ah, that could be why. And and the weird thing is I checked and I looked back in the script and, and it was there, but I, I can't remember for the life of me whether he read it out or not. Bottom line is, I promised him faithfully that we would read his email out, and it is a cracker, so I'm amazed that I didn't. So take it away, it's Jonathan. A, it's a cracker, isn't it, Trish? It is. It's a cracker. Um, here we go. Uh, here we go. Um, hi, Chidge. I'm a third-generation Chelsea fan, having first gone in 72-73. Blimey. In the 20s, my grandfather was born in the Fulham Road and used to sneak in, almost read break-in, used to sneak in when they opened the gates at half-time. My dad was born off the Fulham Road and start. My dad was born off the Fulham Road and started going in the 50s. More recently, my daughters have started going, which makes us a fourth-generation family. Ah, oh, excellent. The purpose of this note is simply to say, I love your fancast show. Whilst you have a laid-back, flippant style... Oh, was that you, Chidge? Anyway, I'm aware that shitloads of work must go into preparing and planning for the show. No, it doesn't. All true. Which, it, which is no mean feat in today's hectic world. Ten minutes, isn't it, Chidge? Uh, a true labour of love. No, it's not. It's labour of Guinness. I missed the first 18 months, but have never missed a single episode since. Wow. wow. I'm a podcast... 
to listen her, and, and until a recent injury invariably listened while when out jogging. Oh, dear. I wonder what the injury was. Also, until recently, I used to have a global job, and whilst I never kept a record, I've listened to the show whilst out jogging in certainly 20-plus countries across all continents, including wow. all around the US, Australia, and even crazy places like uh, Red and Tiananmen Square. Wow. Hmm. Red, I I enjoy all elements of the show with an enjoyment level of 100%. Oh, we can soon put a stop to that. Therefore, I share the following feedback in the spirit of making the show even better than it already is. Mm, controversial. Fabulous, fabulous varied mix of guests. Hmm. I particularly enjoy those with specific insights, i.e. Messrs. Glanville and Levine. That's one up for you, Dan. That's, uh, that's me out. Also, when you bring the police crowd people in. That would be uh, Amanda Jacks, I think, when we've had her yeah. on. Yeah. I particularly enjoyed a few seasons back when you introduced occasional non-Chelsea hacks, i.e. Ashton. Have you thought of doing this again with him or others? He's a bit Marmite and a Chelsea fan, but how about Beasley? Mm. Mm. I also love the ex-players you had on, i.e. Canners and Cundy. Have you thought of doing others? These guys can provide fascinating insights from the past. How about getting the fab spy back on once a season? I also love the CPO and CST regular updates. I was going to suggest adding in predictions, but was delighted to hear you're now doing this with the new Kerry Dixon show. Of course, there are a few things I've enjoyed less. As a podcast listener, I found the TV period less interesting and the same with Skype calls. Of course, I recognize... Oh, dear. Of course, I recognize... Not this Skype. He means when we used to do Skype calls on the TV show. Oh, few. Of course, I recognise that sponsorship provides much-needed revenue, but I didn't enjoy the betting slots. And now the current fan duel. Ooh, controversial. Ooh. All minor things, and don't in any way want to take away from the fabulous overall show. That's it from me. So once again, thanks for all yours and the team's great work. And here's to many more years of the Chelsea fancast. All the best, Paul. Would you like me to comment on that? Uh, yeah, could you? Could you? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Um, well, I, I, number one, I met Paul. And he's a lovely lad, and he was actually with his daughter. So there were there were several generations of Chelsea supporters there. Um, I think it's a wonderful uh, email, and I'm, I'm and thank you so much for uh, all of your kind comments, Paul. They're they're much much appreciated. Um, quick answer. Well, we're never ever going back on TV. That was a one off because we just happened to get a studio, and my big ego demanded that we would do it. But that ain't ever happening again because I just really don't have the time anymore. Uh, and I'm now in Winchester. So, I mean, that's why we're now doing the podcast virtually by Skype, which in some respects is a shame because I don't actually get to see the guys and have a beer with them. But on the other hand, it was either that or no show. So I think that was a no brainer. Uh, and talking of uh, Skype, that kind of means that it's quite difficult to get uh, some, you know, kind of other types of guests like journalists to come on because they're not all of them and, and ex-players particularly actually because they're not necessarily Skype friendly but I am I am not adverse and I do have I'm not averse and I do have plans to do a few more interviews uh, with ex-players and the reason for that is because they all have a mobile phone and providing they've got a mobile phone I can phone them up and have a chat with them and record it and actually that makes it easier for them because they don't have to sit here and put up with it for two hours and I can fill a half an hour slot with some really interesting content, not saying that we're not interesting in ourselves, because we are, but, you know, I can do that occasionally, and I, I, when I, when I, I'm when i really busy until Christmas, but once I get Christmas out of the way, 
I'll have a bit more time and hopefully I can organize a few things like that. And I would really love to because you're right, it would be great fun. Um, and I think uh, that was really about it. But yeah, I take your point about some of the other interesting guests. That's why we're so privileged to get Dan on as regularly as we do, because I, I know that he has some really interesting things to say. And I love having him on the show. So it's really nice to see that that's appreciated too. So there we go. So thank you for that email, Paul. And I hope that I have uh, restored your faith in humanity by uh, getting it read out. So there we go. Jonathan, next one. Uh, this is from the excellent Mac Bergson. Um, Stanford Chidge, very formal. Still can't stop smiling after today's game. Yeah. Had to watch it twice. <laughs> yes, so did I. I watched it. <laughs> Chelsea probably should have won 6-0. When was Chelsea's last three-game win streak with three clean sheets? January 2015. Something oh. that once seemed to be our birthright has proven very elusive. If I can discuss the white elephant in the room for a second, let me start by saying that without Jose Mourinho, I'm probably not a Chelsea fan. His hiring matched up with my discharge from the US Army and more free time to watch games. I loved his attitude and the way he set up his team. His man management was second to none. It was easier to, to develop a love for the club based on his contributions. I was devastated when he was fired. Me too. And overjoyed when he was rehired. Me too. And when we won the title in 2015, I thought this was the beginning of a dynasty. The worm started to turn very early last season. His behaviour became more and more boorish and less tolerable with the poor results. The shortened pre-season, the signing of Falcao, Evergate, assaulting the refs at West Ham, blaming everyone but himself, he turned something beautiful into something difficult to watch. I admit I felt relief when this man I loved was let go. After watching yesterday's display, I think Roman made the right choice. Something has changed in this man. His team was unmotivated and unorganised. I saw CFC 2015-16 all over the pitch yesterday, but luckily they were wearing red shirts. <laughs> Even the boorish behaviour was back when he stopped Conte during the handshake. Jose, you got your butt spanked. Take it like a man and head down the tunnel. Jose should always have a place of honour in CFC history, but hopefully we can all move on and support Conte. Antonio's boys were organised, passionate and played with purpose for over 90 minutes yesterday. Even if Pedro had not scored after 30 seconds, I do not think the result would ever have been in doubt. Conte will have some bad games and some rough patches, but I know he has the smarts and the work ethic to get through it. From now on, I will view Jose as that girl that you had a great summer dalliance with in your 20s. But now you have her number listed as do not answer on your cell phone. And she is blocked <laughs> on Facebook. Thank you that for the memories. We will always have those. Forza Conte, Forza Chelsea. Keep the blue flag flying high. Mac Bergson, Jacksonville, Florida. Don't read I the next bit out. As I, I said, I've just I've just spotted my 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 stupidity with the edit button in in Word. But what a brilliant email from Mac! Uh, uh, it always yeah. amuses me to hear from him. It was great, wasn't it, Tony? It, that was the, the 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 do not answer on the cell phone. That's just brilliant. That is. That's yeah. like it was in know, yeah. letters, Tony. Capital letters as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I've, you know, you just you've got to say that that is that is exactly pretty much how I think a lot of people feel. You know, we exercised a few ghosts yesterday. It wasn't like before when we had to wait for him to come back with Milan. Yeah. I think yesterday, we can all move on. He can move on. We can move on. 
Yeah, Dan. I mean, I'll give you the final comment on on that. I mean, you know, that I think I think he he's kind of summed it up pretty well, hasn't he? Brilliantly, great great analogy there from Mac. And um, I think um, I mean it was odd seeing him come back yesterday. Um, uh, and it, all of those emotions were there. Um, but uh, you know, time to move on. Yeah, definitely right. I think I I, I you know I said it earlier in in, in the show, didn't I? I it was quite cathartic yesterday, actually, and I, and and I and I, one thing we didn't really touch upon was was how you know I mean the, the the way the goals were celebrated, particularly that first one. I haven't seen it like that at Chelsea for a while, and it was it, it seemed to be a, a huge outpouring of catharsis. And I think the really key thing was that you know had we been beaten uh, by United yesterday and by Jose, I, 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 that would have been just so hard to stomach. So. I think a lot of it was just relief, uh, and then ultimately this catharsis that we'd we'd let him go, and it was okay to do that, and and I think that was a a lovely kind of coda on that match in a way. <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, um, I've kind of all over the place of my script. Oh, I know what we've got to do. I must do this again. I did shout out this last week, but I'd like to do it again because it's such a worthwhile cause, and and he's a lovely lad. This is a. Uh, uh, for Tom Babs, he says he's raising uh, three and a half thousand for the Stroke Association, and he's calling on all the Chelsea family for some help in achieving his target. Uh, any donation would be appreciated, and it's uh, a massive motivation to keep, uh, you know, for his training basically. So I think he's running a marathon, as I recall. I've kind of cut that bit out, but I believe he is. Uh, and you can, yeah, I think it's the London Marathon actually. Anyway, you can donate at www.justgiving.com/fundraising forward slash Thomas hyphen babs now he can be contacted and followed on twitter at tom babs and that's b-a-double-b-s and t-o-m for those that are hard of thinking like me so at tom babs and instagram at tom babs he's consistent uh and he says thanks for reading my email and for any donations up the chels tom babs now as you all know and love uh we do love i love getting your emails i really do and uh, i will always get them read out um because i think it's important that we give you guys a voice as well. So send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday. And of course, as I should say, it gives me a chance to shut up and get uh, Jonathan to shoulder some of the uh, responsibility. I'm hearing myself come back, so somebody is sneakily listening to Mixler, aren't they? Hmm, I shall say no more. Right, that, I'm afraid, is about all we've got time for this week. Uh, We will be back next Monday, the 31st of October, which I believe is Halloween, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. So, uh, if if we don't call next the next show trick or treat, I'm giving up. Uh, so there we go. And the great thing is, I'm up in my loft. So if any of those little buggers come around expecting sweets and stuff, they can hang for it because I, I won't hear them. Anyway, we'll be back next Monday, Halloween, uh, to discuss the Southampton game, which I hope will not be a horror show. Uh, it is absolutely without doubt and question because it's kind of in my manner one of my favourite favourite games of the season. Uh, and I hope to see a few of you there in the usual place. Dan, I'll probably see you on the train, I suspect. I should think so. Look forward we to sure, we should. Yeah, we'll be in radio contact to make that happen. Don't you worry. Because uh, this is also the lovely thing, you see, because all of my mates come down on the train and I find out which one they're on. And I'm sitting there waiting on Winchester platform and they direct me to the carriage that they're in. It's just wonderful. I, I, it's my favourite away game. It really is. Um, so there we go. So uh, I hope to see a few of you people out there, particularly the people that are listening on Mixler that I know and know and love. Uh, I can bet that a few of them will be that I know that are in there at the moment. So that'll be good. 
Uh, next week's show, I will be joined by Jonathan again, and Dan Silver, and the lovely Clayton Beerman. So that should be a cracker. Now, before all of that, of course, do not forget to download the next Kerry Dixon Chelsea Fancast preview show this Friday, October the 28th, previewing the Southampton game. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and Dan at Dan Levine. And of course, check out the website ChelseaFanCast.com. And last but by no means least, do not forget to vote Chelsea Fancast as best football podcast in the Football Blogging Awards. Get your mum, your friends, your family, just a random stranger that you happen to have met in the pub five minutes ago and got drunk and decided you love them. Get them all to vote, they all count. Vote at footballbloggingawards.co.uk or at the FBAs on Twitter, the FBAS on Twitter. Uh, we only have four days to beat the Scousers and save the world. You know what to do. And finally, 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 it's Roman Abramovich's birthday today. So I know you're listening, Roman. So happy birthday, Roman, and thanks for everything. I'm sure the he's boys in, here... He's Tony? He's in Barcelona, you know. Well, he can still listen to the show in Barcelona, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it, he's he's taking it. He's laughingly called a yacht, but it's more like a sort of luxury cruiser stroke battleship. Um, it's a small country. It is indeed. Um, our navy would be proud to have that leading the line, I would imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's in Barcelona. A friend of mine who's moved out there for a job took some snaps on uh, Saturday and said um, Roman Abramovich in town. So yeah. Mm. Well, I, I I hope you'd all like to join me, boys, in wishing uh, Roman a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Roman! Happy birthday, Gaza. Happy birthday! <laughs> I think we'll, we'll dispense with the singing on this occasion because I, I I'd quite like him to think nicely of us. And uh, our singing, yes, our singing knows no bounds in terms of terribleness. But no, in all seriousness, happy birthday, Roman Abramovich. Let's face it, uh, without him, where would we be today? Uh, now, many thanks to my wonderful, lovely, fantastic guests tonight. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the show tonight. and It's been a real pleasure having them uh, talking lots of stuff about Chelsea with me. But first of all, Dan Levine, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Dan. And it's always a pleasure being here. Thanks very much. Yeah, and I, I do hope, um, no, no doubt we'll have a pint or two on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Yep, sounds good to me. Excellent stuff. Uh, Tony, again, lovely to have you on. It's been, seems like ages since we've had you on. Always a pleasure to have you on. And, yeah, it's only been about three weeks, I think. We were at the international break and you had your, um, you had your holiday, but it's always a pleasure. Um, I'm going to plug the pod in shed. We're doing one, you I do. think, on Thursday. So, uh, um, but, you know, we don't do ours live. We, we practice and polish it and, you know, it takes weeks to get an episode together, as everybody knows. Or we just sling it together and see how it goes on the night. Um, but, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have another one out this week. And I'd just like to say thank you to everybody who's been nagging us to get it back on the air as well because, um, you know, there was a little wobble there, but it's uh, it's been a pleasure to do it. And this this show is is great fun, Chidge, absolutely great fun. I've, met, I've always and, made so and, many... And you're very I've good made, fun yourself, Tony. You contribute I've, hugely. Yeah. It's, it's just a joy because, it, you know, people are saying... I've, been, I've met so many people just through Twitter and this... It, it is it's incredible it really is it's uh, it's there we a, go. It, it makes it makes the whole chelsea thing even more joyous there we go i couldn't agree more mate that's all the pleasure now finally but no by no means at uh, least uh, the wonderful jonathan kid lovely to have you back on the show and hearing your dulcet tones and well done for being relatively in command of the technology tonight thank you very much indeed. it worked for me tonight Chidge. it worked for you tonight did it 
Yes, there, yeah. I, well, I'm yeah. delighted. There are, there, are, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who are delighted to know that it's been working for you tonight, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and, and I loved um, Tony's uh, tits imagery. The, yes, uh, that will live with me for a long time, sadly. Uh, <laughs> right, we've got to go. We've got to go because we're out of time. But uh, brilliant for having these guys on the show. As always, a pleasure. Thank you very much very for all you lot out in uh, Mixler for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chill. Up the chill! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.